Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. First and goal. I am Alex Shane here breaking down whatever the hell is under the game <laughs> between the Cowboys and Patriots in week four. And we're going to talk about week five. We got the Saints on deck going back to Foxborough to hopefully try and right this ship. Rich Hill, hopefully you're doing better than anybody on the Patriots this week because otherwise you're not feeling too good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the last time that we watched the Patriots where I felt like their season was over after four games. Like, obviously things can turn around. It's still very early in the season. But coming out of that game, that was the worst offensive game I feel like we've ever seen with Mac Jones under center. The defense lost their two best players for the rest of the season uh, due to injury. I can't remember the last time that I felt that the season was over and it's a very weird feeling after four weeks where it's a valid question of should they tank for Caleb Williams or not? No. I mean, again, I I've been saying for a very long time, I'm on record on numerous Pat's pulpit articles saying 2021 was year one of a three year rebuild. And this is supposed to be kind of the third year of the three year rebuild. And they come into 2024 with a ton of cap space, some great rookies coming to their own and uh, a serious playoff push. But uh, based on what I saw on Sunday, there's just nothing going on offensively that gives me any kind of confidence that they have the ability to hang with anybody in the top 15 in the AFC. Um, And as you mentioned, they lost Gonzalez, the defensive rookie of the year. They lost Matt Judon, their best defensive edge player. Yep, They're gone for the season. Maybe there's a chance they come back at the very end of the year, but by then it probably won't be worth it. What's the point? Unless they have miraculously have playoff chances. But those guys are gone. The defense is now markedly worse than they were this time last week. And the offense is as bad as I've ever seen them. Uh, usually, Rich, first and goal is we talk about the game that was, and we talk about what we saw, what we liked, what we didn't like. But I literally have nothing to say about this Cowboys game. Um, so if you do, I'd love to hear your thoughts. But, like, that was just one of the things, like, you just bury the game tape. You never talk about it again. And you try yep. and salvage your season. Um, but if you got anything, I, I'd like to maybe make first and goal just, like, where do we go from here or like a state of the Patriots at, at the first kind of quarter mark of the season? Let's do it. 
Let's do that because I have some stats that I want to read to you because I feel like it's emblematic of a lot of the issues that the Patriots have had. Like I, I put no blame on the Patriots defense for where they are at this point in the year. They've done as best as they possibly could given the circumstances. Obviously losing Christian Gonzalez was a massive blow to the defense and then losing Judon was another one. Peppers has been banged up this entire season as well. It feels like every game it seems like he gets to hobble to the sideline. So you kind of just have Kyle Duggar as your only blue chip player in that defense at this point. So whatever lofty goals we had for this defense, I'm going to temper my expectations for it, but they've played a great four games, all things considered. It's really coming down to the offense. It really comes down to the offense. And so through four games, here's some stats across the the offense. I don't like where this is going. Juju Smith-Schuster ranks last of all wide receivers in yards after the catch versus expectation, which means you look at all down distance uh, area where they're being targeted. You have a formula that understands how many yards after the catch they're expected to get given defensive proximity and all those things. He ranks last of all wide receivers in yards after the catch, uh, given expectations. Jacecki ranks third last for tight ends. All so right. your, your two big yards after the catch players, wildly inefficient at it. Devontae Parker, unsurprisingly, has never been known as a separation receiver, but he ranks ninth worst of wide receivers in separation. Kendrick Bourne ranks 15th worst. That is surprising to me and also not reflective of the caliber of play that we know he's able to do. Hunter Henry? Ranks last for tight ends. Patriots pass blocking. Worst in the entire league according to composite rankings. So looking at the average ranking across Pro Football Focus, ESPN, and a few others, last, dead last, behind the Jets. The worst offensive line in the entire league as it relates to pass blocking. Run blocking, uh, or just rushing overall. Ezekiel Elliott, Ramondre Stevenson have faced the 13th and 16th fewest stacked boxes in the entire league, meaning eight or more defenders, which means... Teams aren't keying up against the run. They're dropping back in coverage, but they're giving the Patriots opportunities to run the ball. They rank 14th. Zeke ranks 14th worst, and Ramondre Stevenson ranks 6th worst in the entire league in rushing yards over expectation per attempt, which means that they are some of the least effective runners in the entire league, and it's partially because they rank dead last in the entire league in yards after contact. Um, And then also, if you're passing to Ramondre Stevenson or Ezekiel Elliott, they both rank in the bottom five out of 130 players across the league as it relates to success rate, which means like, you know, first down, are you getting X number of yards? Second down, are you getting X number of yards? Both rank in the bottom five in the entire league as it relates to success rate. This entire offense is garbage. (laughs) It's something where Mac Jones over the first three weeks of the season I thought he was doing well, all things considered. He was doing well despite players being hurt on the offensive line, despite wide receivers dropping the ball, not running their routes. This game against the Cowboys was the first game, I feel like, of Mac Jones's career where I wondered, does he have what it takes? And so my current, where are the Patriots right now? Do we have to throw out the offensive playbook? Do we have to throw out every single offensive player at this point? I, like, I don't even know where the problem starts because every single person on this Patriots offense from the coaching staff to the players are responsible in one way or another for all of the failures that have gotten them to this point. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we can talk about the Philadelphia game and how they looked good and couldn't kind of close it out against a great team. We can talk about how great the Dolphins are, how explosive their offense is, what they were able to do against the Patriots. We can talk about week three. We can talk about the Jets and how they barely beat them. 
but there's a good defense there and they made just enough plays. But this is not a, I wouldn't even say this is a four week problem. This goes back to last year, deep into last year. I mean, how many times, man, were we on this podcast talking about how the Patriots just had no teeth and they couldn't close drives out? But at least in 2021 or 2022, excuse me, they would drive down to like the 30 before they crapped the bed. Now it's just, there's just no rhythm. There's no synchronicity plays. First down and second down don't really relate to the third down call. It's like they're kind of just pulling things out of a hat. And they've given so many opportunities to so many people to, to insert themselves in a way that, that should really work. Like Bill O'Brien should be a natural fit. He knows Mac Jones. He knows the system. Ronder Stevens had a great year last year. He was the lone bright spot offensively. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. And I, I don't know how much I can sit here and honestly say that – like I said last year, to kind of talk myself into getting through the season, if they can just shore the old lineup, it's all going to fall into place. Now, look, I will gladly admit that if your old line is good, you have more time to throw. You're, you're, it's easier to run the ball. You can motion a lot better. It's easier for Mac Jones to get into rhythm, more confidence. So much is dependent on the offensive line. But I think you were talking before we uh, started recording this, Rich, you talked about how the Patriots haven't really had a good old line anytime Dante Scarnecchia was not on the sidelines. He retired, they sucked, he came back, they were good, he retired, (laughs) and they sucked again. So that's got to have pretty indicative of maybe the Patriots just aren't like a good offensive team, and they just happen to have the greatest quarterback of all time masking that, and the greatest offensive line coach of all time helping out as well. And without that, there's just kind of flashing around in the wind. And uh, it's very concerning. I'm not going to lie, man. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say Belichick's on the hot seat at all, but I think it's reasonable, even as a Belichick apologist and certified homer for Belichick, to at least question whether he has the kind of offensive acumen that he definitely still has on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe he's just really not a good offensive talent evaluator, not a good offensive coach and doesn't really know how to run an NFL offense in 2023 when you can't do what you did in the early 90s, even early 2000s. Totally. And it's like one of those areas where any coach who thought Matt Patricia was the right fit to run an offense deserves to be questioned, like without question. Like they deserve to be scrutinized for all of their other choices. And we've often talked about, you know, have the Patriots drafted any good wide receivers? You know, sixth, seventh round, that's all random. That's, you know, Julian Edelman, great player. That was still back in like 2009. That was like the Patriots have drafted Dion Branch and Julian Edelman successfully. <laughs> and there's that criticism that maybe they haven't invested the necessary early capital. Well, they've been trying and it hasn't been working. And it's due to, you know, I, I thought the Nikhil Harry pick was okay. The Tyquan Thornton pick always has been a head scratcher. There's always been better players on the board that they could have gone for. And it's an area where it's totally fair to wonder if the problem on the offense stems from Bill Belichick himself. I feel like a lot of the innovation we've seen in the past, those two tight end sets that were, you know, took the league by storm in 2010, 2011. I don't know the last really innovative thing we've seen from this offense because all the innovation has gone from or stemmed from the McVay and Shanahan offenses. Like the West Coast offense is what is really driving the league. You look at all the successful offenses, they're using a lot of those principles. And we saw that Matt Patricia tried to consider implementing those last year and was just a complete failure at it. And then it sounds like, and it feels like they're just gone away from them completely this year. And they're running an early 2010s offense without really good personnel. And that is where I kind of feel like I have very high hopes for Bill O'Brien. But if you're in an environment where 
all of the players on the offense are being wildly inefficient and wildly unproductive where they've been successful in recent years. Like it, we're not talking about a player who's like five years out from being productive. We're talking about Ramondre Stevenson having been great last year for Hunter Henry, very productive two years ago. Uh, Kendrick Bourne also productive two years ago. Like, we're looking at players who are recently productive for all of them to be so inefficient across the board to me has me questioning uh, whether Bill O'Brien is putting all these players into the right position. Do you think, Rich, it might be that they completely have to adjust on the fly in that? I don't, again, I don't think we were wrong at all in the offseason. We talked about how important establishing the run, being a run dominant team, not going high flying. They don't have the personnel for that. Mac Jones is not like a spread them out five wide receiver set kind of quarterback. Very smart. He used he used to make really good decisions. Don't know what happened with that. Decision making yeah. is atrocious, especially Bad. last week. I mean, some of the throws he made against Dallas were just unfathomable. So decision making is down. But Mac Jones used to be very smart with the ball. He was very good at working in the middle. And the Patriots in 2023, they were going to be a run first team, grind them down, and then use the play action to get these guys open and scheme guys open because they have the good kind of slot motion receivers. Mm-hmm. And since they can't run the ball at all, those awful statue rattled off. Mm-hmm. Are they like, okay, we're not going to be able to run the ball. Maybe it is all offensive line, but we can't run the ball right now. So we have to adjust on the fly. And they're realizing they don't really have the personnel to do anything besides a run first offense. And if they can't run the ball, like, what are you going to do? Maybe that's what's going on. I mean, it's one of those weird situations where uh, you know what Kendrick Bourne can do. Like, is Juju Smith-Schuster that injured still? If so, how did he pass his physical? Like, it's one where I thought he was going to be uh, a player that has higher upside than Jacoby Myers. I thought that they were, like, equivalent in performance, but Juju has more upside. I supported that movement so long as he was healthy. If he's not healthy, he's the least effective wide receiver in the entire league. It's shocking out there. And he was the top receiver for the chiefs last year. That doesn't make sense for him to go from being a very serviceable receiver. I'm not going to say he was elite by any means. He was at least very serviceable to go from that to the least effective wide receiver in the entire league shows or tells me that it's a bit of a failure on the offensive side of things. And I don't necessarily think it's that they don't have the personnel because, uh, you know, we we're talking about it. Ramondre Stevenson has ability. We saw Kendrick Bourne in the opening game put up two touchdowns, you know, like obviously he was fed a lot of targets, but like he has the ability out there to perform when he's given the opportunity. I like what we've seen out of Demario Douglas fumble aside uh, in the other game, but like he's productive out there. I think that there is talent in this Patriots locker room. It's mostly just, again, are we putting them in a position to succeed? And we don't have Matt Patricia where his offensive scheme was notably worse than Bill O'Brien's. I think I feel like we can't undersell how bad that offense was last year, but it felt like the players were trying to succeed out of spite. You know, the, the effort that we saw from Stevenson and Mac Jones and Jacoby Myers last year was because they didn't trust the offensive play calling and they're like, we have to put it on our back to succeed. We're not seeing that type of effort this season. I feel like we haven't seen that type of, a fire and drive out of the offense where it tells me that they actually want to go out there and try and claw their way to some sort of success. They've just been embarrassed out there every single week. They have. Uh, and again, nothing worse than what I saw last Sunday. I'm trying to think of other games that were as bad as that. Maybe, maybe the Bills game in 2003, they lost 31 to nothing. The lawyer Malloy game Mm -hmm. there was the game against the saints in 2009 where the new orleans blew the doors off in new orleans and they just didn't look good at all but those are probably the top three worst bill belichick games and this one 
takes the cake. Because if, if you can remind me of another offensive play beyond that, like third down Douglas run in the, on their very first drive, if there's a single offensive play that you can remember besides that one, Hunter Henry had like a nice one-handed grab that went nowhere. But those are the only two plays that even remotely resemble an offensive highlight to me. And yep. it's just it's just really, really bad. The two pick sixes – Defense on short fields all the time. The only uh, the defense played great, as you mentioned, um, but I don't know. Like I don't want to be too negative to start this off, but I think we're right now, as we finish the first quarter or so of the season, uh, there's a real crossroads the Patriots are at right now. And I think we'll know a lot more about where this team's headed, where their head's at, what their mentality is, how well they're able to put this behind them and move forward uh, based on how they perform week five. Yeah, totally. And it's one where – uh, I feel like the story is the same. This is one of those classic games where it just gets away from them. The, and like, this is not a team that is able to fight its way back, but you know, it's one where you, you can just like look at the downs or like, look at the, the drives, you know, sure. The uh, Cowboys made it to the goal line. Patriots stopped them. That's great. Held them to a field goal. Patriots responded with a field goal of their own. And from inside the 10, uh, you know, they got that, uh, delay of game to move him back to the 11, but you know, they made it to the six yard line then. Okay. Yes. Gonzalez got hurt. And then they scored with CD lamb right afterwards. That's a hard thing to have to deal with, but you know, okay. 10 to three at that point, Patriots had fourth and one on the Dallas side. I love that. They went for it. I love that sort of like say like, okay, we're not going to punt here. Last year's Patriots probably would have punted there. They would have not gone for it. Two years ago, they probably would not have gone for it. That's an aggression that I will always get behind because you got to score points. You got to try and score points. They didn't get it. It wasn't good. Okay. They got forced a three and out. And then that's when it went fumble for seven. Oh no. Goes out. Hold them. You know, Patriots get the ball back, go three and out. Field goal for the Cowboys. And then pick six it was just the game just sprinted away from them but they were competitive for the first quarter of the game if it weren't even for like uh you know that pick six where they were also again on the Cowboys side of the field like they were getting past the midway point and then they have some mistake that brought it all the way back and you know they weren't capitalizing on the drives that they could have and you know that you know if you play this game 10 times how many other times does it get to 38 to 3 I don't know I wouldn't say more than this one time, but what had me the most concerned and where I am most interested looking to week five to see a response Mm -hmm. is whether or not those boneheaded plays from Mac Jones, where he was throwing across his body in a completely reckless manner, where his uh, technique and footwork were just breaking down left and right, where he reminded me of Sam Darnold when he said he was seeing ghosts kind of performance Will he respond from that and be the Mac Jones that we saw in the first three weeks of the season, where if the offensive skill players step up, this could still be a mediocre offense. (laughs) But if he is that same scared running, making bad decisions, he's an unplayable quarterback because his one special trait is his touch on the ball in their intermediate zone. And if he's not able to make good decisions on those passes, then he doesn't have the skill set to overcome that inability. His one really good ability is having touch on smart decisions. And if that's gone, he's not worth playing. He said all the right things this week in the press conferences. He took the blame for himself. So those are really decisions I can't make. I got to be better. I'm disappointed in myself. I'm turning the page. 
Great. I'm willing to do that with him. Saints are a beatable team in week five. That's a good enough time to stop bitching, Rich. Let's get the second down. Let's get around the league here. Some pretty good games on the spot, Uh, not including the Commanders-Bears game on Thursday night. No one cares about that one. But we got Ravens-Steelers for the first time this season. That's always a bloodbath. I'm excited about the uh, Jets-Broncos for all the wrong reasons. That should be a fun (laughs) game to watch for those reasons. We got Packers-Raiders on Monday night. Pretty intriguing matchup. Any match in particular you're excited about, Rich? Yeah, I feel like there's a few of them. Uh, going to start with the Sunday night game. 3-1 and one Cowboys on the road against the 4-0 49ers. Brock Purdy, man, he's yeah. good. This is a really good 49ers team. It's one where, uh, you know, not going to lean into it, but it really shows you what a team can be with a potentially middling quarterback, but he's really stepping up. He has upside when you surround him by actual talent. That's been one of the biggest things that I've been criticizing with Bill Belichick over the past few years is that there's just not that top-tier talent in the Patriots offense that you see how Josh Allen elevated when he got Diggs, how Tua elevated when he got Tyreek, how Joe Burrow, like, I mean, he, he's been good. But, how you know, Jamar Chase, like, he's, like, maybe this year, not so much because he's been dealing with a calf injury. But when you give these young quarterbacks – a high flight wide receiver or a high flight talent that they're able to develop in a way that allows them to learn the league and develop well. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking forward to Brock Purdy hosting the Cowboys, see if they can move to five and zero. They're my favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. I feel like Shanahan, I'd be very happy for them if they were able to pull that off. Um, but four and zero Eagles on the road against the two and two Rams. I enjoy that. Um, but my low-key sneaky, I think, could actually be a very, very good game to watch. Uh, the Sunday morning game, 2-2 two and two Jaguars uh, on the air quote road against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen has the Bills playing like they're the best team in the league, coming off of a, it was like four passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown, perfect game uh, last week. I think the Jaguars have uh, you know, one of those high boom bust potentials out there. This could be a good one. I'm excited to see what could come out of that game. Didn't the Jaguars beat the Bills last year inexplicably? And yep. like some off- so, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe the Jaguars are one of those teams that has Buffalo's number. Going across the pond, going to England, anything can really go there, and it's early enough that it could throw people off. I, I find, though, historically, uh, the England games aren't exactly barn burners. Maybe this one will be the one that kind of bucks the trend a little bit. I'd love to see the Jaguars take it, obviously, for AFC East reasons. Uh, sp- staying in the AFC East, Rich, is there any way the Giants who – blissfully are one of the few teams worse than the Patriots right now. Any way to take a <laughs> in Miami, any way it's going to happen? Uh, never say never, but uh, <laughs> any given Sunday, any I given mean, Sunday. This, uh, I don't know if you've been seeing like Brian Dable is erupting at Daniel Jones, just with total disgust at some of the performances out there. Uh, you know, the last season, the Giants were surprises, but that's because they were just – walking a tightrope and like winning those 50-50 games at an unsustainable clip. Now they have a more difficult schedule and they are not winning those games and is really crashing down to earth for them. Uh, I, I, you know, Dolphins got humbled a little bit by the the Bills. And so I'd be curious to see how they respond to that one because the offense is still great. But uh, if they're able to rebound well, I think that shows a lot about their character and their ability to compete. Yeah. Tell you, Mac Jones may stink, but at least he's on a rookie contract still. He didn't get the way Daniel Jones did. He can take solace in that. He's a good quarterback. Speaking of good quarterbacks, I'm giving you my upset special of the week, Rich. We don't do this often here on this podcast, but I'm very confident, or as confident as one can be in an upset. I'm taking the Vikings over the Chiefs at home. 
on Sunday afternoon. I think the Vikings have really deserved to be. They could be three and one so easily right now. Totally. Um, and I think that they come in, play mad, especially after the way they lost, the way the, the, the last game with theirs ended. They come in, they take the Chiefs out. Uh, in, in Minnesota. That should be a really good game. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by that either. I, I think that the Vikings, uh, Kirk Cousins, he's a top six quarterback in the league and has been for the past five, six, seven years. He's been very good. Uh, is he able to overcome a lot of the other deficiencies across that team? I don't know, but I, I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs have been fairly underwhelming this year. Uh, so curious to see how they go. But uh, do you think Taylor Swift is going to make her way out to Minnesota? Moving on. Patriots are playing the Saints in week five. Third and goal athletes. No. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 sport. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, but I'm sorry about that, everybody. We do not talk about Taylor Swift while I'm around. <laughs> Policy I have. I've had enough of it. Patriots are home against the Saints. They need this game. The season is on the line. That is not an exaggeration. I know it's week five. They dropped to one and four here with three losses at home. It's over. Let's start talking about draft picks in 2024. Let's start off Patriots offense against the Saints defense. That putrid Patriots offense we watched, unfortunately, against Dallas. How are they going to right the ship this Sunday against a not as good Saints front? Yeah, I mean, my one question and flag is that this is still a, this is a pretty good Saints defense. That's like the the concern. It's not as good as the Cowboys in my mind, but they boast a top six pass defense. So this is not going to be the game that Mac Jones kind of figures it out. Uh, they have a very very talented defense overall. Uh, a lot of the t- familiar faces out there. Teron Matthew has been playing safety out there. Marshawn Lattimore, one of the better young cornerbacks in the league. Demario Davis has been uh, low key one of like the best you know second tier linebackers for a very long time so they have some talent out there uh cam jordan continuing to just produce at an old age uh carl granderson is a player that has really you know come into his own and so patriots with their offensive line they're gonna have their hands full this is not going to be a situation where they're going to be able to just you know take their time um they're going to have to lead long extended drives Uh, they have a a very good defense uh with joe woods right there right now um if i were the patriots i would do anything just to find something that works Uh, like that's the thing where it's like this is a saints defense i wouldn't necessarily say like over indexes at being great in one facet or another it's one that like they're just a solid defense they are a solid defense, and so if I were the Patriots, I'm not necessarily going to be able to target one player. Uh, I think like they have three cornerbacks that rank towards the top of the league in like uh, pass breakups or something where they're just like not allowing completions. So Alante Taylor, Marshawn Lattimore, and Isaac Yodom have been very good for them out there. And so this is not going to be an easy matchup for the Patriots, but that means that uh, 
are you going to challenge Tyron Matthew if he matches up against Hunter Henry? I don't know. This is one where you know, if Ty Montgomery can finally get involved somehow, he would solve a lot of the Patriots' problems with regards to their inefficiencies out of the backfield. But I don't know necessarily if uh, I want to rely on someone who hasn't produced to this point in time. My big guess is that I want Mike Jacecki, he's my X factor, to come out and have a big game. He's due for it. I think even though he's been one of the least efficient wide res- or tight ends in the league as it relates to yards after the catch, he's still been one of the more productive Patriots targets when he's been given the opportunities. Weirdly, and this goes back to Patriots' offensive scheme, is that they're using him as a blocker more than he has at any point in his entire career. He's not a blocking tight end, and the Patriots are asking him to block because that's how bad their offensive line is. They need to find ways to get Jacecki out there as a receiver. He has the size. He has the athleticism to cause mismatches against this Saints defense. And if you're not expecting any of the Patriots wide receivers to really win their battles on the outside, you're going to have to take your chances up the middle of the field with the tight ends. And, uh, you know, whether it's Henry or Jacecki, I think we know what we're going to get out of Hunter Henry, you know, 40 yards and maybe a score kind of a thing. It's Jacecki who I feel like needs to have a big day for the Patriots. I'll tell you, one thing that's been a consistent positive for the Patriots offense is you look at the box score, the number of targets, the number of Patriots who've gotten at least one <laughs> pretty pretty extensive. Mac yep. Jones is nothing else. He throws the ball around a lot. He's not honing in on one receiver. And that goes to your earlier point about how decision-making usually is good. He finds the open man. He knows where the mismatches are. And if he can't target the guy, he'll, he'll, he'll throw to wherever. He's got no favorite receiver. I think that bodes really well for them in this particular matchup. Because, yeah, I mean, there are situations where they're going to have corners marked out. No problem. You have to find somebody. Uh, that point, though, Rich, like you said long, sustained drives – um, that requires running the ball. Is this a game where the runners finally, Ramondre finally becomes Ramondre of last year and Zeke has a breakout game, or are you not confident in the running game at all this week? Yeah, I'm not really confident in the running game, although if there was an opportunity, it could be here. This is not like an elite rushing defense, but they're they're average. They're like a solid run defense. And the issue is that Patriots have been a worst run game in the entire league kind of a thing. So it's a... One years past where I feel like, you know, if you play a middling run defense, yeah, you could kind of take over the game. I wouldn't necessarily say like go for 200 yards like they would against the Colts, but I could see them pushing for 100 yards. My big concern is I just haven't seen anything out of the Patriots rushing game this year where, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, you can see the limit that he has out there. The burst is just not there. The concern that I have is that it feels like it's not there for Ramondre Stevenson either. And it's one where he was just a driving, rushing force last year. The fact that they're ranking dead last in yards after the uh, after contact makes me concerned about their ability to make yards when they're given opportunities. I mean, running backs, when they fall off a cliff, they fall off a cliff. But it's usually around like – too 30. early. He's like 24 years old. He's no way he's falling off a cliff yet. I really do think of all the woes along the offense, you can't pin it all on the offensive line, but I will pin the lack of a running game on the offensive line. Yeah. My X factor is going to be Riley Reef, who is back, mm. off, back, back off of IR. He's practicing this week. I don't know if he'll start, but I feel like he's a plug-and-play kind of guy. He can't be any worse than we've seen at right tackle or, or the right guard position. Michael Owenu, I don't know what's going on with him. He's having an up-and-down season. Cole Strange can't stay healthy. Riley, obviously, he's healthy. Maybe he's kind of a piece that they can they can allow to kind of shore the offensive lineup because they're going to have to run the ball today uh, on Sunday, excuse me, if they want to have any kind of success. I was going to make Mac Jones my X-Factor because this is a huge bounce-back game for Mac Jones, but that's not really 
uh, astute analysis saying Mac Jones has to play better than he played against Dallas. You all deserve better than that. So I'm hoping Riley Reef comes in. Maybe he, I'll say he's the answer offensive line. Maybe he adds more solidarity to this line and they can mm-hmm. be a little more kind of stout in what they have and who they have where and they can get something going because they can't just keep doing what they're doing. Something's got to change. Yeah, no, totally. And it's one where it's like, can you look towards how the Bucks had success against the Saints last time? And it was like, they had two 10 plus play drives that led to touchdowns. You know, they obviously had like one that was a benefit of a fumble that was only two plays uh, for a six yard score. And then they had another fumble recovery that they led to a, you know, only picked up nine yards in a field goal. But their two big drives that they had were 10 plays for 75 and then 17 plays for an 87 yard uh, drive that ended in a score. And a lot of those were passes for a little bit here, a little bit there. Baker Mayfield was regularly throwing in the flat, throwing short in the middle for one to five yards and using that as an extension of the run game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots did that a little bit. For me, what I want to see out of New England is uh, I don't want to throw in the towel completely on Juju Smith-Schuster, but he's clearly the least effective of the Patriots wide receivers out there. I want to see Demario Douglas getting some opportunities in the middle of the field. I want to see him running as a slot, get Kendrick Bourne, getting him in space. They've been transforming Kendrick Bourne into the deep threat, which is fine. He's been making the most of those opportunities, but where he has really shined has been when you give him those plays where the players are stretching the field around him. I want just to see combinations of Douglas and Bourne out there picking up yards after the catch because that's the two most dynamic players that the Patriots have and give them the biggest opportunity to create yards after the catch along with Jacecki as their athletic players out there. And maybe activate Keyshawn Boutte. I think he had a yeah. pretty good first week. Why not? Right? What do you have to lose at this point? I'm sick of third and two, the old fall down route to Juju Smith-Schuster. It doesn't work. <laughs> One yard shy. Yeah, the one yard yard shot where he falls down. It's not really a good conducive to making first downs. Uh, Offensive prop bets, Rich. See what we got for you today. Uh, 300 yards passing for Mac Jones. Over, under. (laughs) Under, 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 (laughs) under. I'm just kidding with that one. Under, under, under. I'm just kidding with that one. (laughs) It's not going to happen. Three turnovers for Mac Jones. Over, under. Under. Going on the under on that one. I, I have confidence in his ability to respond. That's where I stand. I don't necessarily how he'll elevate his play, but I have confidence in his ability to respond. He seen he has always been a very even keeled player as it relates to not reading too much into one bad outing. He snowballs within games. It does not ever feel like he snowballs outside of games. I don't think his confidence is shaken. I think that whole comeback at it and it will be a clean slate with a lot of additional focus on protecting the football. We saw how well they did protecting the football against the New York Jets. I would not be surprised if they tried to emulate that performance. All right. Uh, 26 combined carries to the running backs. 26. Uh, I feel like that a lot comes down to to game scripts, really. Um, But I I feel like I'd go with the the over on that one. I feel like it's pretty close, but I, I see them... Uh, getting some more opportunities uh, to hopefully get Ramondre Stevenson going. But this is one where they weren't able to run the ball at all against the Cowboys just due to game script. That was just not an option when you're in such a big hole. And they've been trying to run the ball a little bit more in other games. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, they you know got to 30 combined carries out of the backfield. I'm hoping to see 30. That means running the ball well. It's good clock control. I'd love to see that. Uh, one successful 30-plus yard completion for the Patriots. 
does the ball have to go 30 yards in the air? Can yes, it can't be like catch? a screen that goes for 60 yards. It's got to be like a 30-yard path to like Parker or Jacoby Myers or not, or uh, excuse me, Freudian slip right there. <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster's got, got to go like the receiver has to catch the ball 30 yards down the field. Could it be a defender that catches the ball 30 no, yards? No, it can't down? be an I'm going to go with no on that one. Uh, yeah, I'm not expecting a lot of passes more than 10 yards down the field. That sucks. Uh, last one all for you. Uh, Ty Montgomery makes a single play as a New England Patriot. Over or under on that? One. One play for Ty Montgomery, who I have been building up for three years now. One play. Is it going to happen? As If he plays one snap, does that count? No. He has to do something positive <laughs> for the team that's not like holding his hands out for a, a touchback and a kick return. I'm going to go with no on that one. <laughs> I hate that you're right. <laughs> But again, I think the Patriots offense can match up well against the Saints defense. I think they can move the ball. They can be successful, but they have to just do some things differently and just stop making stupid mistakes. Yep. Uh, because unfortunately, the Patriots defense is not what they were this time last week. There are no Gonzalez, no Judon. Let's go to fourth and goal, Rich. Patriots defense versus Saints offense. May I start off with this familiar face back in town? Patriots ready for JC Jackson. One of the all-time yeah. busts for the Chargers. Massive contract. They're still on the hook for that contract. And yep. you know Jackson's going to come back and light it up. For whatever reason, when players leave the Patriots, they don't do well. They come back, and they do well. You can talk about Patrick Chung. You can talk about Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins. There's tons of people out there that do this. I think Jackson is a much-needed relief. It's not going to be the answer, but it helps. And I think the Patriots defense, even without Gonzalez and Judon, matches up well against the Saints offense, especially with Derek Carr banged up. Yep, totally. And it's one where, uh, I mean, easily the X factor for the Saints is Alvin Kamara. Like he he did not play for the first three games. And then all of a sudden you see him come out here. They gave him 25 touches, including a team high 14 targets. Like that is the plan. That is the engine. If I'm the Patriots, I am dedicating all of my defensive resources to making sure that Kamara can't have a breakout day. You have to trust that whoever the Patriots are going to trot out in the secondary because also Sean Wade is banged up. So like we might see Jalen Mills at cornerback because he's available. Uh, I don't know how quickly JC Jackson can get reintegrated into the defense. You'd love to see it come out there. You'd love to see Jonathan Jones be able to be activated. Um, but it's one where if you can stop Camara, and that's usually a game that comes down to the Patriots defensive front, uh, historically I would have said that'd be like an Adrian Phillips thing, but he's kind of been phased out. So is this going to be a Kyle Duggar performance? Not quite sure. Is it going to be a Jabril Peppers kind of, uh, you know, you use his athleticism out there. That might not be a bad option. So uh, I would say whichever safety gets tasked with stopping Alvin Kamara is going to be the Patriots defensive X factor. Um, but it's one where if they can stop Kamara, if they can give him the Marshall Falk, like hit him every single time you can and don't let him take over, Patriots are going to at least be able to be competitive on defense and give the offense a shot. Do you think, Rich, if J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones are able to go as the mm. outside corners, they match up well against the state receivers? I mean, it really depends. Uh Chris Olave is like a very, very good wide receiver outside. Very young. Wish he came to the Patriots, but very good. Michael Thomas playing in the slot again. He's having a resurgence. Uh, Rashid Shahid has been like solid out there. I mean, they, they have their top trio of wide receivers that get their opportunities. Um, they have, you know, they're all three are getting like real shots out there, you know, getting an average of like five to you know 10 targets a game. And, uh, 
it, I think the edge will go to the saints from that talent perspective, just because the Patriots are so, are so hurt. <laughs> They're just so hurt in that secondary that even if JC Jackson's able to go, and even if he's able to play at that same level that he has in the past, uh, you know, Miles Bryant against Michael Thomas does not make me feel comfortable coming out of the slot. Uh, is it a world where you put uh, Jonathan Jones on Michael Thomas out of the slot? And then you have JC Jackson with safety help against Chris Olave on the outside. And then Miles Bryant gets uh sheet. I'm not sure. It's, it's just one where the matchups don't feel favorable to the Patriots out there. And so I actually wouldn't be surprised if we saw a few mix-ups of like zone out there to try and keep Derek Carr on his toes. If he's able to go. If he's able to go. Yeah. Yeah. Been limited all week in practice injury to his throwing shoulder. It might be Jermace Winston out Wilson out Winston out there. So if it's the case that kind of changes up the offensive or defensive strategy significantly. Carr's a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. He's better than Jermace throwing the ball. Jermace is more of a running threat, more mobile, uh, which is why either way though, my defensive X factor is going to be Keon White. I think mm. Keon White is kind of the new Matthew Judon, whether he likes it or not. He's going to yeah. be asked to step into that role. He's had a great rookie campaign so far, a very underrated player, kind of under the radar and what he's able to do in terms of pushing the pocket, moving quarterbacks around. But they're probably going to move him to the outside now, force him to be more of an edge rusher because they have the interior personnel with Godshaw and Guy. And Keon White's going to have to kind of learn and grow fast. Uh, I think he has potential for it. But I don't know if he's going to be able to fill those shoes, obviously. But we need him to, to move a lot faster than maybe he would have if he had another year to learn under Judon. But uh, Keon White, get ready, man, because your number's been, been called. Yeah, totally. And I mean, like, honestly, if, as the Patriots are playing the Saints, as they're going to be trying to focus on stopping Camara, I could see them doing a lot of line control. And that's kind of White's strength. I would love to see if the Patriots tried it out, you know, bar more White. Uh, wise out there, get your like bigger players with uh, Godshaw there, and maybe even guy like have a big, 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 you know, five man front that will not allow Kamara to get any lanes out there. And also, you know, if it's Winston, force him to get under pressure. Same with Carr, though, just like squeeze the pocket, uh, just because you you ha- can't let Kamara get a free release out of the backfield and so if you have those five men down there at least one of the players on the edge can like have part of their dedicated role be to chip at the Camara so he doesn't get a free release uh, and then you'll still have enough people there to uh, contain within the pocket so I will be very curious to see how the Patriots are able to respond I mean losing Judon losing Gonzalez those are the two best players in their defense, as we talked about. They cannot afford any other injuries, especially as Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, like even Jonathan Jones has been hampered. Like there's just too many injuries up and down the board. I will be very curious to see if the Patriots are able to overcome that. And if they can put together a solid defensive performance, I'd call it a win. Over under Rich, two turnovers for the Patriots defense. If it's Carr, under. If it's Winston, over. All right. Uh, same thing, two sacks for the Patriots defense. I'll take the over on that one. Uh, you know, even with Judon out there, you still have Uche able to generate sacks for them. Uh, this has not been a, uh, bad offensive line by any means, but, uh, they've given up 15 sacks in four games. So this is a space where I feel like the Patriots can also capitalize on that. Leading tackler for the day, Jawan Bentley, true or false? Uh, false. I'm going to go with one of the defensive backs, likely Duggar, uh, to be one of the, the top tacklers. Either going to be Duggars or Peppers. Is that because there's going to be so many guys getting to the second level, Rich Hill, or is it because they're going to be <laughs> crashing the line? Uh, I think it's because Camara uh, is just going to get so many touches, so I don't know at what level it will be, but it will be the Patriots' most athletic defenders that will be taking him down. 
Last one, Rich Hill. I'm going to the game on Sunday. Over under seven beers for yours truly. Uh, ooh, should we go with a push on that? Are you trying to trick me on this? Do you drink anything else? <laughs> no, I'm t- take the under only because beers are like nine dollars. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not wealthy enough to spend that much money on on Coors Light. Unfortunately, <laughs> the good news is I will be at the game. And the last time I saw the Patriots lose, I think was 2008. The last time I saw them lose live, I have a pretty good wow. trait of watching. That's including, I was, I was actually also at the last time the Saints came to Gillette Stadium, which show was the Ken, the Ken Brell Tompkins Where's the Beef Show Ponies game. So I feel confident wow. that my presence in the stands will bolster the team to get what they need, which. Will lead us to predictions. Let's just not try to talk about. Alec, my my one question for you: Will we have as memorable of a moment as Show Ponies wears the beef from this game? I hope not. Honestly, <laughs> as, as in, I want like, Mac to get a game winning drive. I, I want him I'd to like have a comeback. Get, like, yeah, I'd like to see one fourth quarter comeback. But if it's a scenario where the Saints are up twenty seven to twenty three, and there's a minute and ten seconds left, and they have no timeouts, and Mac Jones has the ball. They're going three and out. He's going to take a sack on fourth down. That's <laughs> You're going to go to the parking lot. Yeah, so that's just going to be the way it is, Rich. I'm just not, <laughs> not the same. I'd rather see them get a comfortable lead. Speaking of which, I picked the Cowboys to win last week, which means I have the hammer in my store. Finally, first win of the year, quote-unquote win. Not one I'm very happy about, but what are you going to do? your fault. It is my fault. Uh, I think the Patriots win this one. I think they right the ship. I think they are going to – they realize they got embarrassed – as there weren't technically on national television, but that was a very widely televised game. A lot of people were talking about how bad they were, how embarrassed they were. Belichick has lost his mojo. He's on the hot seat. Mac Jones stinks. I know they say they blocked that noise out. There's no way they could have blocked all that noise out. I'm hoping they got together this week. They realize what they need to do, and they come out. It was supposed to be against the Jets, but maybe this is the week they had the wake-up call. I think they are definitively going to win this game, something like 28-13. to 13. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I'll see that. Um, I also have the Patriots winning this game, but not as drastically. I think everything we've seen from the Patriots side is that this team is bit. They are just mid as can be. They follow the script that you've laid out so perfectly that they make a few boneheaded plays early on. They fall behind. They claw their way back and just ultimately aren't good enough to win it uh, against good teams. They're able to, you know, hopefully get the job done against bad teams. And when you look at this Saints team, they are as middle of the road as you can get. They are two and two. Their first game, they won by one point. The second game, they won by three points. The third game, they lost by one point. And then they had all these turnovers and got blown out by the Bucks. So uh, if we're going to throw out both of these teams' last blowouts, I feel like what would represent the Patriots are that they are a average team, but that has potential. This Saints team is as middle of the road as you can get. So this is a pretty even matchup. And if the Patriots lose this game, then they're clearly in the bottom third of the league. If they win this one handily, you know, maybe there's hope. I feel like this is going to split the difference a little bit. I feel like the Patriots are a middling team, but I think they'll be able to have some ball luck go their way this week. I think they'll win this one, uh, but I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think the Patriots winning 20 to 17. Same score as last time for you, Rich Hill, 20 to 17. I like it. All right. You know, Rich Hill, you've had the, you've had the Patriots the past five weeks 
you've had 17 points being the final score for the last five weeks. You know, you like 17. I like it. It's like I've been pretty close. Uh, You know, if you average the first three games, Patriots have averaged like 17 points on their side, and uh, the opposition has averaged about 17 points. No, you're you're nothing if not consistent, which I like. Either way, it's a win. It'll make the math harder when we come back here next week. But, yeah, I mean, look, man, I mean, I don't think I'm wrong when I say this season is over if they lose against the Saints. There's yeah. just no way. A, you drop to one and four. You don't make the playoffs. And B, just the, the what we've seen so far, there's no reason I think they can come back and do it. It's going to be really, really hard for them to do it. And it really is going to come down to, I think, a couple of plays. Uh, you know, in the past, the Patriots had those plays go their way. You know, they yep. found the bounces. They they were able to make things happen. In the past, they just haven't. So I guess if it's a very movable force meets a very movable object, it's going to come down to one turnover, one bounce, and is one middle-of-the-road team going to be better than the other middle-of-the-road team? And yep. I guess we will soon see. Maybe the home field advantage will play out. Yeah, totally. And it's, it comes down to like who can make the least amount of mistakes. Patriots have not shown an ability to avoid mistakes. But what I think is hopeful is that they've, you know, I feel like they have a good special teams unit again. And that could make all the difference in these types of games where, you know, if a uh, game of yards, the special teams unit could give them a little bit of edge, maybe a little bit of a, you know, one field goal advantage, hence my my final margin on that. But uh, yeah, if they don't win this one, we are looking at the drafts. Uh, yeah. the, you, the Patriots can't lose to any of the teams that they consider to be winnable games. Uh, obviously, like chalking up games against the Bills, Dolphins, and Chiefs later on in the year are not good looking good for the Patriots. So uh, these games against the you know, Saints and Raiders and stuff like that. They have to be able to pull these out. And, uh, yeah, uh, I personally would take a lot of solace in having a final understanding of what we need to do to approach this season because, uh, you know, coming so close over the first, you know, first two weeks and even that third week of, like, I see the potential. I see the potential. If we can get a win where we see the potential, that's great. If we get a loss where we can just throw that potential out the window, that's also great. I just want to know what I need to think about for the rest of this year. It'll definitely make our job easier. Hopefully when we come back here on this podcast, our first and goal will not be what the hell is happening. That's not a good first and goal for two Patriots analysts, Rich. It should not be what the hell is going on. May our next first and goal be let's what happened to this game, all the good things that happened, what can we learn from it, how can we build on it? Because I'd much rather talk about that with you than – why is Bill Belichick not doing what he's supposed to do? That's just no fun for me. Totally. I want to have a player that stands out that I can be excited for and have them not have their season ended with an injury. <laughs> uh, and also want to see it on the offensive side of the ball because it's been a while since we've had a player that we've been excited about on offense and has lived up to that expectation. So, Alec, I'm hoping we'll come out of this one where – know. To, like someone, someone someone has stood out i want a 100 yard game out of someone uh but we'll be breaking it down next week hopefully that will happen alec do you have any final thoughts as we head into week five of the nfl season i'm scared to say this but no no i don't rich i have nothing <laughs> else to say <laughs> well until next time alec you have a good one see you buddy Later, man. <laughs>